It is going down here on a beautiful Saturday morning, and here we go again. The University of Louisville football Cardinals are getting ready to square off against the most hated Duke Blue Devils in a football game that actually means something. This is not a showdown on the basketball court. This is a showdown on the gridiron, and I can tell you that I am supremely excited. This is Wake Up 502. I am Rashawn Myers. This is Wake Up 502 on 96.1 FM. 104, or excuse me, 1450 AM. And I tell you, man, we have so much to get into. I'm so excited. Yesterday, I got the opportunity uh, to be on with Mike Rutherford on the Mike Rutherford Show from 3 to 6 p.m. Of course, comes to you every Monday through Friday. So big shout out to Mike. Thank you for allowing me to sit in. I was in the big chair. Trevor Kelsey was not in. So I got to run the board and talk to Mike and chop it up and talk about so many different things. A lot of great interaction from uh, folks on the text line. Of course, if you want to get involved, the Thorns text line is definitely the best way to get involved. 502-414-1450 is the Thorns text line. Make sure you go and visit any of the 76,842,000 thornton's locations here 
in the city. Um, you know, the, the best in drinks and goodies and snacks and, of course, gas and diesel fuel and everything else. They got everything you need at Thorn. so make sure you go check them out. Of course, if you want to give me a call, you can give us a call as well at 502-384-1450. That is the Wake Up 502 buzz line. Would love to hear from you. Uh, it's a huge game today for the Cardinal basketball team. So we're there, or excuse me, for the Cardinal football team. And then, of course, we're going to talk a lot of Cardinal basketball as well. <laughs> me and Mike uh, went in. And I really, really enjoyed the conversation uh, yesterday. Uh, a, a lot of good talk about basketball, of course. Um, Louisville men's basketball team takes the court for their second exhibition game uh, coming up on Monday. Uh, so very, very interested to see what, uh, you know, what happens there. So we're going to talk about that. Of course, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, uh, absolutely torched uh, the Detroit Lions last week. So um, I do want to touch on, um, just some thoughts on the um, how everybody's starting to switch it up when they discuss the, the Ravens and they're starting to realize exactly what kind of problem uh, number eight is out on that football field uh, with this new look offense. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the possibility of a new running back in the fold as well. Oh, my goodness. Like that. That's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. But I tell you what, we're going to go ahead and get uh, hop right on the uh, the uh, the call in line. I believe this is uh, Mr. Haven Harrington. Is it Haven? Haven, is this you? You believe you are correct. My brother, what's going on, Mr. Haven Harrington? Hey, so the is on Haven Harrington the third, the architect. How are you doing this morning, my brother? And I am doing fantastic. You about homecoming, baby? <laughs> I don't know if anybody really knows it's homecoming. You know, like honestly. <laughs> Okay, so I, I know we had this discussion earlier today, but I might as well bring it on to the radio. Absolutely. If I'm being honest, if, 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 if I'm being completely honest, Yuleville has, like, the worst homecoming of any school I've ever been to. <laughs> like, okay, prime example, right? Up until today's game, and we had some personal things going on. We were going to head down to the greatness that is for the A&M. Yes. To go watch FAMU's homecoming. Newville plays a top 25 Duke team. Game is still not sold out. FAMU's homecoming is playing a weak Purdue A&M team. Game's been sold out for a month and a half. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. they have Anthony Hamilton performing. Actually, Anthony Hamilton performed last night as the tower has to get down. Oh, Excuse really? me, the French town get down. Oh wow! I didn't. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I mean, no, but it, absolutely. I mean, it's a the, like homecoming is huge. I mean, it, it is funny. Like college homecomings are a little bit different. Like at least around here, I've always known that college homecomings really didn't mean much. Um, but I mean, I, I guess it could be you know definitely a lot different in other places because homecoming's never been really an emphasis. Uh, for for foot you know for football here at, at least at the University of Louisville I've never really known it to be a big deal you know sometimes you'd have the uh, the folks walking out the the uh, homecoming court or whatever it's like oh this is a homecoming game okay yeah great I, I wouldn't have known the difference between yeah, that and the other game you know it's real because like, even at Western homecoming is huge but you know like I have like tons of friends the building of all people he goes he takes family back to Western home like every year. Right. My sister from Atlanta go to Western's homecoming. You know, even UK has a, you know, I think 
their homecomings last week, and they have an okay homecoming show, but homecoming U of L has always been trash. They've always been trash. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you uh, were able to come on this morning, Haven, and just start destroying the, the University of Louisville program. That's that's exactly what we were. That, that was the energy we were looking for on this big home game, a game that could mean the difference between an ACC championship appearance or not. You're setting the vibes right, Haven. Appreciate it. Hey, 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 no problem. You know what? That's a fact. And that's what we do here. That's true. Ball straight, but, but no chaser. That's true. That is true. That, that, that is what we do. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Haven, all right. So, let's go ahead and get into it. I want to talk um, a lot of things. But, of course, with uh, Louisville football taking on Duke, both teams, one loss in uh, ACC play. Um, very, very big-time opportunity for Louisville. Top 20 matchup. A chance to get back on the right foot after the debacle two weeks ago at Pittsburgh. Um, just give me kind of your initial thoughts. Uh, of course, Riley Leonard, the uh, outstanding quarterback for Duke, um, is a game-time decision. In my personal opinion, I don't think he will play. If he does play, he's going to be extremely limited after taking that tough hit um, versus FSU last week. I think he came back a little early, um, and that one big hit took him out. Um, just kind of give me your thoughts on what we're going to see today. Like, like, what do you think the biggest key is in this matchup? I don't, don't think weather's going to be much of a factor. Um, so it looks like, you know, Louisville should have an opportunity to play on a pretty dry field, uh, and it sounds like that they may be able to get Jawar Jordan back today. Uh, you know, to me, the, the biggest thing is it's going to be Brom, right? Yes. Uh, if he decides if he's going to be a pass-happy coach, or a run-happy coach. That's going to dictate how this game goes. I think Louisville's going to play well because so far we've seen under Brown, Louisville plays great at home, plays like trash on the road. Um, so I, I expect a, a pretty good game from, you know, from the players. I expect them to be prepared. Is that Brown or is, so uh, is, is that Brown? comes down to, are we going to throw the ball a bazillion times? Are we going to run the ball most of the time? If we run the ball most of the time, we win. If we start throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game, I get nervous. And we may come up on the wrong side of the game. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I, didn't, I don't know if it was the team that necessarily has not been playing well or is that Jack Plummer that has not played well on the road. Um, just because, you know, I, I think before that Pittsburgh game, but there was some – you know, so there were some definitely some opportunities where we had saw the Louisville secondary really get kind of burned badly for the first time against Pittsburgh two weeks ago when Vayer started to get into that groove in the second half of that game, and Pittsburgh hit a couple of plays over the top, and we really hadn't seen that versus the Louisville defense. It didn't seem like Louisville Louisville's pass rush could get home, but you know, a sloppy field, rainy conditions. Pittsburgh was just. Um, in that zone. You always have those kind of clunker games like that during a season. Um, Pittsburgh got hot. Louisville didn't have it. They had the injury. Renato Brown goes down with the knee injury, season-ending knee injury going through warm-ups of all things. Um, you know, so with that being the case, it was just a, a situation that was fraught from the beginning, um, it, you know, it did, didn't have – everybody thought Jamari Thrash was going to be out. He ended up only having Jawar Jordan for two rushes, and then he was done. Um, so it was a lot of things. It was pretty much one of those things where everything that could go wrong did go wrong versus Pittsburgh two weeks ago. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think that by and large the team as a whole – 
has played pretty well on the road, the defense especially, the running game especially. It seems like the only position that has not played well on the road and definitely has not played consistent is the quarterback position. So, I mean, does this game come down to how well Jack Plummer plays today? Every game comes down to how well Jack Plummer plays. <laughs> That's about the book. This football team is only as good as Plummer's right arm, uh, and 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 how consistent he is during that game, and that you know that's what we have to live with. Uh, you know, when Jack's on, he's on, he's he's awesome. But when he's off, man, he's like off, and he's a turnover machine. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, I don't even necessarily know if it's his right arm. It's his ability to understand when it's time. You know, you got to know when to hold and when to fold him. And I think that's been the biggest thing for Jack has just been not making the play that hurts your team. Don't turn the ball over. Uh, you know, I honestly think that if you go out there and just play clean football against Pittsburgh, even if you punt the ball away, you know, and, and, you know, throw the ball away when you need to throw the ball away. You don't have those turnovers. You don't lose to Pittsburgh two weeks ago. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that he does well enough passing the ball at week in and week out, but it's when he tries to do too much or, you know, thinks that, you know, he's too, he trusts his legs too much to be able to get out of bad situations. Um, I, I think that's been the biggest thing. It's like sometimes in his brain it switches from, okay, I'm going to manage the game to I'm going to make a play. I never need him to think I'm going to make a play. It's like just take what the defense gives you. If it's not there, throw it away. Live to fight another down. If you have to take a sack, take the sack. But don't get just throw the ball up for grabs like you did against NC State, throwing the ball away. in, in the You know, I mean, that was the issue. Louisville had three turnovers in the red zone, a fumble and two interceptions. I mean, that, those are the things that you can't do. You can't go out there and take points off the board because literally twice versus Pittsburgh, uh, well, three times, honestly, in terms of scoring. But twice, Pittsburgh took those Louisville turnovers and turned them immediately into points. And, and I think that's going to be the thing with this Louisville-Duke game today. With Duke's issues, uh, you know, with their offense, with Leonard being slowed, uh, you know, I don't think that Duke's offense can put up enough points to win this game unless we help them. I, the, you know, the same was true about Pittsburgh two weeks ago, and I think it's going to be the same today. Do you think that's a fair assessment? I was born Duke goes to ride the winner. If Ryan Leonard can go, Duke is a different team. Without the trigger man, the offense isn't the same, and they can't move the ball. You saw that against Florida State. As soon as Ryan Leonard goes down, I mean, the game is over. They had zero offense. Their defense is great. I mean, they have a super awesome defense. They just can't score. Uh, but once again, you know, it comes up to Jack Palmer. How accurate can he be? You know, we've seen him where he goes through – if it's not decision-making issues, then it's accuracy issues. Underthrowing, the horribly underthrowing guy. Right. You know, things of that nature. So, you know, this goes down to Jack, and it also goes down to what type of game does does Brian and the Brahms call, right? It's going to be a run-heavy game or a, a pass-heavy game. Uh, like, even against Pittsburgh, you know, even – Wilbur had every chance to win that game, especially if it kept the ball on the ground. Uh, your, your running game was superb, but even without Jamal Jordan, you were still getting, you know, five, six, seven, eight yards of carry. Yeah. So at this point, with a bad field, when it's rainy, and it's running down their throats. 
Absolutely. I mean, that's the whole thing. Flip the field, play uh, field position. You know, if you don't make the first down, that's fine. You know, you don't need to go for it on fourth and one at your own 35. Just punt the ball away and, you know, and make Duke play against the long field. If you don't, you know, I just don't know how consistently Duke can go 70, 75 yards and get a score. You know, I just don't think that they can do that. And and I think that was, as I said, the same situation that they had with Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago. But it's okay. The, and the, the reason why? Because North Carolina choked and gave it up against Virginia. <laughs> and that absolutely put everything back on the table for Louisville to have the opportunity to play for an ACC championship game. If Louisville can find a way to get this win today, um, they are definitely sitting in a great spot, even though, I, I tell you what, Haven, Virginia Tech, the way they came out there and just – Molly whopped uh, Syracuse on Thursday night. Uh, you know, the, 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 both the Virginia, with Virginia knocking off North Carolina and Virginia Tech just playing better football over the last few weeks, um, the two Virginia games don't look as gimme as they did probably, you know, two, three weeks ago. Um, but, you know, even with that being the case, you have to love the position that you're in. Louisville's play very good football at home all year long. And this is the opportunity that they have when they take care of, you know, road games at NC State, road game at uh, Georgia Tech to start the year. When you get those conference road wins out of the way, um, you know, they had a very backloaded home heavy schedule. Um, so with the way they've played, they, they've put themselves in a wonderful position to be able to have a chance legitimately in Jeff Brown's first year play for an ACC championship. And, I, you know, if you're a Louisville fan, you've got to be over the moon. Uh, with that you know so you know I, I feel that Louisville has an opportunity to be well ahead of schedule they still have an outside shot at least at being in that top 10 top 15 of the uh the playoff rankings um you know coming up this this coming week uh you know they could get into that top 15 would be amazing uh you know an amazing job just to continue to keep Louisville's name in the forefront of college football and continue to keep that spotlight on them all thanks to North Carolina so Drake May and company Thank you very much. I mean, but how big is this game for just the program? Let, let, let's just talk about that. If Louisville can get this done, two uh, top 20 wins uh, to start the Jeff Brom tenure, how big is that for Louisville football moving forward? Well, this is huge. One, this keeps you in contention for an ACC uh, championship berth, which is something that we thought that we would have been in a championship game by now. Yes. So, you know, it just keeps you going. One, it gives you another win over another top 25 team, uh, which is also huge. It keeps momentum up. It keeps our recruiting momentum, uh, momentum up that the Louisville has. And it starts to put you that next echelon. People always now consider you, okay, Jeff Brown's in Louisville. These guys are always going to be at least a top 20 team year in and year out, no matter what happens. You know, you start to get in, 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 in that type of category. You start to get uh, mentioned more on SportsCenter in a positive way rather than when they talk about the Duke-Louisville game, all they do is talk about Duke, right? Now you yeah. put the script out, people talk about Louisville. People always mention what Louisville can do, the great players that we have on our team now, the great coaching staff we put together we have now. You know, it, it keeps the momentum going. And just push the program forward. So this is a huge game for the University of Louisville, and more importantly, it's, 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 it's a huge game for Brock. You know, because you know, even he has overcome, uh, you know, some of the uh, uh, some some of the coaching. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word, but it just escaped me. But 
not other thing means outside of you know some of the uh, some of the uh, things the tendencies they easily show right. Right. So right. He's zero and four after big games. That's something that he's mentioned that he knows about. Uh, that he knows he has to change. Uh, you know, sometimes he knows. Uh, you know, he has a clunker of a game. Like at least once a year, he throws a clunker in a game. So that was, that was for us. That was Pittsburgh, right? Those are right. things that you kind of have to get over. And even as a coach, he's going to have to kind of get over that. And this is kind of going down that, you know, one of the games that can dispel some of those myths and consistencies about your coach and about the program. So it, it's huge. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I think that you know, I think that that zero and four after a top, you know, after a big win, after a top five win, it gets overblown a little bit just for the simple fact that you know, in three, I think three of the four games that he's played that game after beating a top five team, he was playing another ranked team and a team that they were you know not favored to win. So you know, it kind of is a self fulfilling prophecy because those were games where Purdue was not you know expected to go out there and get the win in most those situations like the Pittsburgh game was different because Pittsburgh was it was a game where Louisville should have been able to take care of business they were the favorite and expected to win the game whereas in those other situations when Brom came off those big wins versus Ohio State or Michigan you know he was facing a top you know 15 Michigan State team the next week he's facing a top 10 Penn State team the next week so that's a little bit different it's like going out and losing those games after having a big win is not necessarily surprising because you're playing another top 20 opponent you know so I mean you know I I think that that you know number gets overblown a little bit just for the simple fact that you're playing good teams so it just happens to be the quirks of the schedule um, but no, I, I think that I, I agree with you. I think this is a huge opportunity. You know, this is what I'm thinking about Haven, um, is positioning yourself for the playoff next year, because we know that the, the playoff expands from four teams to 12 teams. So, you know, if Louisville can really finish this season strong and they can start next year in the top 10, top 12, top 15, it just puts you in a lot better positioning to be able to make it into that top 12 by the end of next year. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense, especially, you know, when I talk about, like, dispelling trends and myths and things of that nature, if you look at – if you objectively look at the way Louisville plays this year, right – Louisville has struggled against them. Well, most people we consider mediocre teams. You yes. know, right? Like, we struggled to beat NC State, which is an, an okay team. Uh, we struggled to beat Georgia Tech on the road. Uh, you know, we struggled to – now, we did pace Boston College. You know, but we have struggled against some of the teams that you would think that we could – that we should have easily handled. Uh, you know, so that's – Part of dispelling myths, you know, like beating a dude will go a long way to dispelling some of those myths and trends that, that we kind of talked about earlier. And like you said, it does set you up great for next year uh, because now people want to say, okay, now the problem's at Louisville. We see what he can do with, with talent. Uh, yeah, you have a new quarterback next year. Let's see what this guy can really do. And that's a hell of a flex of, you know, if, if Jeff Brom is able to take Purdue to a Big Ten championship game last year and then turn around and take Louisville to an ACC championship game 
the following season. That is a hell of a flex. I don't know how many coaches have gone from one conference to another and played in back-to-back conference championship games. I'd love to know. I know Kelly Dickey, uh, you know, is is Mr. Everything. With two different teams and two different conferences, that, that's a super play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't know how many times that, that, that would be done, but it would definitely kind of cement Jeff Brom's, uh, you know, the legacy of where he is in, in the pantheon of current college football coaches. He definitely, you know, he came into the season considered one of the 10 best coaches in all of college football, and I think that would kind of solidify um, that opinion. Uh, if he was able to get that done. So Louisville definitely has a lot to play for. The Blue Devils are coming in town. And, and let me tell people, like, this is not, you know, your, your your grandfather. This ain't even your older brother's Duke Blue Devil football team. You know, Duke's not been this consistently good. I mean, this is a really good team, right? And this isn't Duke from two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, uh, you know, this is a very, very good Duke team, but this is what you expect from uh, a Duke and a Wake Forest and every going to have a very, very good team that contends for conference titles, right? Like every 10 years, Wake Forest puts out a team that can contend for the ACC title game. This is Duke's turn. Like the, 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 the sun has shined upon them, and they have a great team. They have a great coach. They have a stellar defense. And if Riley Leonard was healthy, this will be a completely different game we're talking about. And I will be legit scared that Duke is going to win. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. No, and Riley Litter is a very talented, talented quarterback. He's the type of kid uh, that, you know, can come out and, uh, you know, be one of those guys that, that, you know, we saw Florida State. I mean, he put all kinds of a fear into, a, you know, top five Florida State team on the road. Uh, even though he was hobbled and not near 100%, you know, Leonard was able to kind of carry his uh, Duke team to a, a, you know, a three-point lead and should have been at least a six-point lead if their stupid coach would have just kicked the field goal. I love Elko. He's a very good coach. But the fact that he did not kick that field goal when they were up three versus FSU and Riley Leonard goes down with that injury, uh, you know, and tries to go for it. I think it was like fourth and five or fourth and four you know, from the from the four-yard line, and he tries to go for it on fourth down rather than take the, the, the three, go up six, and then, you know, let your defense, you know, see if you can get another stop and keep Florida State, uh, you know, keep that offense kind of disjointed. Um, that, that was a big um, error on their part. I would have loved to seen how that Florida State game played out. You know, I, more than likely Florida State probably – comes back anyway anyway and gets the win but you know riley leonard is a super super talented player so i agree with you if leonard was healthy playing in this game i would be a lot more nervous right now but i, I just don't think right now haven that that he's gonna be even if he does play louisville that, that's the one thing i'll say about louisville leonard is a guy who likes to both throw the ball but he's also a very big threat with his feet and the one thing that louisville's done very well all year is hit so even if Leonard was able to get out there and play, I really don't think he would make it through the full game just because he's going to take, you know, four or five hellacious shots from that Louisville defense, whether it be, um, you know, the, the, the linebacker core, you know, the, the safeties, all those guys on Louisville's defense hit. So I, I just don't think he's going to be a big factor in this game. It, you know, it, he's definitely better with him than without him, as evidenced by how they played versus FSU last week. But after taking that hit with that high ankle sprain, I just don't think he's going to play. Do you think he's going to play at all? I think they're going to try to get him out there and see how he does. Because, 
you know, Duke is technically they're probably out of the ACC championship talk after I lost the FSU, but there's still a chance that they have to win. And I think they're going to try and get them out there just to see what happens. Like, just so you can go even just a little bit. Like, even if you can't run, if they can call some passes or something just dedicated for him, maybe keep him in the pocket, not move around anything. Because as we've seen, you know, without Leonard, their offense just can't move the ball at all. Yeah, yeah. They definitely become a different type of team, and it becomes much more of a possession ball control slow it down, run the, 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 the play clock down as much as possible. Yeah, it definitely changes how Duke plays. Now, you know, of course, me being selfish, what I'd love to see, you know, Duke go ahead, rest Riley Leonard today. Uh, you know, they play a home game at Wake Forest next week, so you would think at home they'd be able to knock off Wake Forest. That, that Wake Forest is not good this year. They knock off Wake Forest without Leonard next uh, next week either. Let him rest up for these two weeks, and then he comes back fully healthy versus North Carolina and knocks on uh, knocks off North Carolina in Chapel Hill. That would be perfect because that takes that means Louisville beats Duke. North uh, Duke knocks off North Carolina, and then Louisville takes care of Virginia Tech, and Louisville sit in sole position of second place in the ACC. That would be my personal want, but you know, I, maybe I'm just being greedy. Hey, it's okay to be greedy <laughs> because uh, because like, Louisville has had recent success against you know Florida State, so I'm okay with that matchup. Don't you have a really beaten the ACC is. Uh, it's yeah, and they're done. They, they, they're two and three in the conference. They're not going to be playing in the conference championship game. I mean, this that's why we talk about how huge this is. If Louisville finds a way to get this win, um, you know, and then Duke can find a way. I mean, Duke and North Carolina play later on this year. North Carolina has a very backloaded schedule. I mean, so, you know, even if North Carolina does not, um, you know, I mean, there's going to be several opportunities where you can see North Carolina taking a loss. We talked about the game versus Duke in two weeks. Uh, they have a road game at Georgia Tech today. I know it's Georgia Tech, but once again, it's a conference road game. And they finish the game, they'll finish the season with two conference road games at Clemson and at NC State. So, you know, North Carolina more than likely is going to take a second loss, at least one more loss in the conference. Uh, you know, because that's not an easy schedule. When you talk about three conference road games and then a home game versus your rival in Duke, um, I expect that North Carolina is going to take another loss somewhere. Um, so, you know, if Louisville can find a way to get this win uh, versus Duke today, they are – it would probably raise their percentage chances of going to that ACC championship game to up to probably, I'd say, what, 75 80% chance if they can get this win today? I mean, I, I don't necessarily think that's crazy, do you? No, we may have we may have lost Haven Harrington. I know he was he was uh, he's on the road, so uh, may, uh, Haven Harrington, you can give me a call back. But I tell you what, that is perfect timing. He knew, you know what? Haven jumped off the line because he's like, Rashawn, it's time for the first break, so we need to go ahead and get that first break in. Uh, you are listening to Wake Up Five Hundred Two. It is game day. It is Louisville football. We have so much to get into, and we will be back here on the Big X. Wake Up Five Hundred Two.
Welcome back in. This is Wake Up 502, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. This is the Big X. Uh, I am Rashawn Myers, and uh, that still joined by Haven Harrington. The cards are back in town, Haven. Are they ready to get back on the good foot? You know, every time I hear that song, the only I can think of is uh, Wildfire Tommy Wicks and Austin Idol coming to Wilbur Gardens on Tuesday night. Because that was one of the interest songs. So the boys are back in town. Ah, I love it. I love it. That is hilarious. Nice pull, Haven Harrison. Nice pull. <laughs> I know, right? Anytime you can bring out Tommy Wildfire Rich, who is still trying to wrestle at the age of like 100. Really? Oh, wow. Well, not, not wrestle, but he does get in the ring. Yeah, and, yeah. Know, he's still, yeah, still acting. Yes, he has the old man leotards on in the sweater. But, you know, he, he, he took it out there. You got to love it. That is outstanding. That is outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, of course, if you want to get involved, 502-414-1450. would love to hear from you. That is the Thornton's text line. Uh, shoot in your text. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to join us on the line here, 502-384-1450. That is the Wake Up 502 buzz line. You can give your thoughts ahead of today's Cardinal versus Blue Devil showdown. Uh, if you want to give thoughts on, uh, you know, this upcoming Louisville exhibition basketball game, uh, you can give your thoughts on that as well. Uh, would love to have those thoughts from you. Uh, Haven, just kind of, you know, going into something that you talked about earlier, um, you know, talking about this Louisville running game. Uh, well, one of the things that, that has been interesting to me um, is that, you know, even with Renato Brown being out, even with the fact that Jawar Jordan wasn't there, even with a Pittsburgh team that was uh, trying to make a point uh, to shut down that Louisville running game, Louisville still had a lot of success running the football. Um, you know, in terms of who you who would you be most comfortable with? I, I know, I know, you know, I, I both I, all the guys bring a different kind of skill set. Like Jawar Jordan can pretty much do everything. So you know, if, if he's healthy, he's the guy. But who's the who's the number two guy? Are, are you are you more of the Maurice Turner guy? Are you the Isaac Garendo guy? It's going to be a little sloppy, a little wet, a little rainy today. You know, did, would you go? Would you lean more to the the power back? Or are you going for the speedster in Turner? Uh, you know what? I'll switch him out. Yeah. To uh, rotate them, to give the defense a different look every time. You know, it's something to prepare for. It's like the window is, is, is more of your power aspect. Yes. Uh, you know, to kind of get those tough yardage, as we know, turn kind of a, a faster guy. But, you know, with that being said, you know, neither of those guys are like your home run threat, so to speak. Right. But what they are is they still eat up yards and they still eat up minutes. And they're both very good at falling forward. So I would rotate them in and now. I would get like three or four carries or one series of one back, another series of other back, and then kind of switch them out uh, in, in uh, different plays and different packages I would have for each guy just to keep the defense honest and keep on their toes. Definitely. Now, I tell you what, the, the, the guy that I want to see more of who really impressed me, even though I know it was versus um, uh, Murray State, uh, 
earlier this year. But Kiwan Brown, the freshman, um, you know, former Purdue commit that trans, you know, that that decommitted from Purdue and and followed Jeff Brom here to Louisville. He was very impressive in, in in the runs that he had. He didn't have a lot of opportunity. I know, I'm sure that you know Jeff Brom is trying to secure or start, save that red shirt. But that's a guy that I would like to see more of. You know, of course, freshmen have the opportunity to play up to four games and still retain their red shirt. So I, I don't know if you will see more of Brown today. I think the only game that he's played so far is Murray State. But, you know, I would expect that if Louisville, um, you know, once Louisville gets past Duke today, maybe those last three games, Brown would still be able to play in those games and retain his red shirt. I would love to see him and a few of these other freshmen start to get some opportunity uh, down the stretch of the season just because it helps with depth, with some of the guys being kind of banged up. The opportunity for these young guys to play like Brown and maybe, you know, a few of these uh, wide receivers, uh, Jaleel McClain, you know, uh, you know, some, uh, uh, five, uh, what's the kid, Foles, the other wide receiver, uh, Henry, uh, is it William Foles, uh, the, the wide receiver? I'd like to see some of these guys start to maybe get some opportunity. Do you think that we'll maybe start to see Louisville mix in some of these young guys to kind of help since guys are starting to get banged up like Jordan and Brown going down with the injury? Uh, possibly, but I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure if that's what uh, – if that's what Brown's going to do. I think, as far as one, it's too many and a half. Just because there's so many, we've got to get the ball to so many guys. Yeah. Because uh, like, like, even though you have these super top freshmen, you got to make sure that your, uh, your upper class are, are fed because, you know, it's like we said before, like, you know, you're going to lose a third of your class every year right. to the transfer portal, right? So with the group guys, the guys that have been here that kind of know your system, you got to make sure those guys are happy just so they may stick around. Yeah, definitely. definitely. No, and that makes sense. Uh, you know, I, I, you know me, Haven. I'm always excited for the freshmen. You know, that Louisville has – you know, they got a commitment from the number one cornerback in the state of California. Of course, Aaron Williams is the guy I'm talking about. He uh, had to have knee surgery, um, I believe, right as soon as he got to Louisville. I believe he got knee, he had knee surgery back in, um, I believe it was January. Like He got here. He came early. Uh, with uh, Pierce Clarkson and the rest of those guys. You know, but th- those guys like him, I, I'm just ready to see some of these guys. I know T.J. Capers had to have, uh, you know, th- some some his work done on his knee. You know, I know Aaron Williams has been dealing with it. I just want to see some of the freshmen. I'm ready to see some of these uh, new young guys get a chance to get out there and do something, Haven. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I need that excitement, especially as, you know, we get down the stretch, we start to see guys get hurt. We've definitely seen where, you know, in the past, some of the younger guys start to play bigger roles, um, you know, as the season goes along. Uh, and I think that Louisville has some talented guys, but it makes sense. You definitely want to make sure you keep your starters happy, especially with the the, the, the fact that guys can, you know, make the moves and, and hit the transfer portal, that you want to make sure you're securing that. But, you know, I think that Louisville definitely has some talent. You know, they talk about this possibly being Louisville's greatest or, or you know, best recruiting class ever. Uh, that that Jeff Brown brought in with him this year. So I'm just ready to see some of that talent get out on the field. And I think that especially versus, you know, I don't know as much with Virginia Tech how how well they're playing. I don't know if the young guys would have a big opportunity to play. But you would think maybe against a Virginia – uh, that Louisville would have a chance to maybe get some of those young guys out on the field. And then, of course, now that Kentucky's crappy, uh, you know, maybe 
<laughs> maybe they can get him versus UK <laughs> at the end of the year. How funny was that they lost to Missouri last week? <laughs> Man, uh, you know, it's, it's weird that, like, you know, and UK are both kind of suffering from the same issue, right? We both thought that our transfer quarterbacks coming in were going to be world beaters. You know, we thought Jack Plummer being a senior, a guy who played uh, for Brahma Purdue, started at Cal. Grant. It was a bad Cal team, but, you know, it could have been because of the whole uh, myriad of reasons they were bad. But, yes, starting experience in the Pac-12, uh, you know, we thought that he would come here and under Jeff Robinson with these weapons would just set the world on fire. And it hasn't happened. And clearly for Kentucky has just been god-awful. Yeah, Devin Leary's I mean, been awful. Been bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, he's been he's been worse than Plummer. <laughs> I mean, you know, but I mean, just how far UK has fallen, um, you know, it was weird because, you know, they were talking about how the first time in, in history that Louisville and Kentucky were both 5-0, and they were both going into those big games on the road, or, you know, the UK – traveling to Georgia Tech, Louisville, or excuse me, traveling to Georgia, Louisville taking on Notre Dame, and how differently we look at these two programs now versus what we thought then. Like, we were talking about, man, the way Louisville's playing and the way UK's playing, UK would beat Louisville. You remember we were having that conversation, you know, after, what, well, week week three or week four? Now the UK game looks like it might be a gimme game. Yeah, and it's all because, like, like people figured it out, you know, like, put 11 men in a box and dare <laughs> there to beat you. And that's pretty much what teams have done. They've got like straight man coverage for everybody else in the box. Stop. If you can stop the running game, you can stop Kentucky. And it's, and it's just that I, I don't know what they were thinking when they played Kentucky. They was like, uh, stop was thrown on that running game. You got Kentucky beat. Like, Kentucky has a good defense, but Heck, even those guys want to break it. They get tired. Yeah. And now they get and now they get beat up for being on the field all, all season long. Yeah, it's pretty much just shut down Ray Davis, and you shut down like all of UK's offense. Like that. That's I mean, and and that's the thing about the games earlier in the year. UK's defense was so good. I mean, you had that kid Hairston. He was scoring defensive touchdowns almost every game. You know, picking up fumbles, running back picking off interceptions, running them back. UK's defense was almost outscoring the UK offense. And now that the defense isn't, you know, going out and literally scoring touchdowns for you and they've figured out how to shut down Ray Davis, UK has a tremendously difficult time scoring the football. I mean, you know, like that, that that's their biggest thing. They just can't get into the end zone. It's been crazy. Like just it's been a huge turn. I mean, UK fans went from being elated and on the, you know, basically just flying just flying so high thinking that they had an opportunity to go think about that the uk fans what three weeks ago thought that they were about to have an opportunity to go into georgia the defending back-to-back national champions and win that game and now they've gone from there to now fast forward three weeks later you know there's rumblings about people being unhappy with mark stoops i mean that's crazy that's a crazy turnaround in three weeks i mean it's crazy because honestly like going to that georgia game like, we didn't think Kentucky would win, per se. Right. But we thought it was going to be competitive. Yes. Right? Like, we thought Kentucky was just going to hold their own, maybe lose by, you know, a touchdown or a field goal, but it's going to be competitive. And they're going to be able to slow Georgia down because up until then, Georgia looked pretty pedestrian themselves. Like, Georgia has 
I thought it looked like the world beater, you know, ex national championship team. They looked very, very vulnerable. Yeah. Very, very beatable. And you thought here's Kentucky's chance may not win, but they only get one hell of a game. I know, I they picked Kentucky. Trouble. I picked Kentucky. I was like, man, give me Kentucky and them fourteen points. <laughs> yeah. And, and and did they get dogged by by Georgia? I mean no you know, it's nothing to hold your head at, you know, being dogged by Georgia, but they just opened up a whole bunch of weaknesses in Kentucky head and everybody else since then has exploited it. Now today they play what Kentucky fans are sometimes called a real rival oh, gosh. In, in Tennessee. Um, and Tennessee looked like they're road beaters in the first half against Alabama and forgot to play. Hey, it's two halves of the game. They completely forgot about the second half of the game. So it's going to be interesting to see what Tennessee can do. If I'm not sold on Tennessee's quarterback. And so, you know, we'll, Tennessee and, and, and Kentucky is going to be a good game. This is going to be a witness test for how the rest of the season is going to go for Kentucky. Yeah, I was going to ask. I, I don't know if this necessarily would be a must win for, for UK, but you know, when you look at it, um, if if UK has this game at home versus Tennessee, uh, if they lose this game today, you know, right now Kentucky currently Kentucky sits at five and two. If they don't get find a way to beat the number twenty one ranked Vols, who has a very explosive offense uh, when they're on, you know, if they don't find a way to beat Tennessee, they finish at Mississippi State, home versus Alabama, at a good South Carolina team, and at Louisville. If they don't get this win today, Haven, Kentucky could literally come into L&N uh, Cardinal Stadium having to beat Louisville to make a bowl game. Like, oh, the irony. <laughs> like, wow. After starting the season 5-0. and Like, that's crazy. Like That is just unbelievable to me. But, yeah. It's just, I mean, like, once people figure you out, it, 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 you know, it, it, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, I, I feel bad for Kentucky because it's so hard to overcome a bad quarterback because so much of your offense flows through the quarterback. And if you become a one-dimensional team, even with a, a good running back, you know, once you become one-dimensional, it's so hard to overcome that. Like, you have to at least a threat of a pass. And right now, Kentucky just doesn't have that threat. Because I never thought Lurie was the greatest quarterback when he transferred in. Right. But I thought he'd be better than it. Yeah. No, I mean, no, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, but, you know, the the, the – the the funny thing is, is that you know that they thought that bringing back uh, Liam Cohen was gonna fix all of their issues. You know what I'm saying? Like, they thought that bringing him back in, you know, he didn't have the the greatest time um, at uh, you know with, with the the this, the um, St. Louis Rams. So he came back uh, to you know he came came back to Kentucky. Everybody was super super excited about it. But now I think we're figuring out that. Maybe the magic of Lee and Cohen was a lot more about Wondell Robinson just being ridiculous than it was, you know, Liam Cohen being some sort of genius out there. It was less about, um, you know, Will Levis and, uh, you know, uh, Cohen and a whole lot more about Wondell Robinson being amazing, who, by the way, is starting for the New York Giants right now. <laughs> like, and is playing very, very well, even though the Giants are crap. 
<laughs> at least Wondell is doing his thing. But, I mean, it, it has been a very – like, I did not see this coming. I did not expect to see UK kind of fall the way that they fall. Like, that Georgia game just completely has, you know, eaten them alive. And, and with them losing, that, that home game versus Missouri – uh, was by far their best opportunity uh, to get bowl eligible because now they're going to have to beat a team that's either better than them or on the road in conference uh, or at Louisville. So, I mean, they don't have an easy win left on the schedule. You have five games left, absolutely. So you got five chances to win one game. So you would think UK can find a way to win one of those, but when you look at who they're playing and where they're playing them, it's not a guarantee that Kentucky's going to make a bowl game. And to say that with how well they started the season after that beatdown of Florida, I just can't believe we're even having that conversation. I mean, I think Kentucky will beat South Carolina by at least 10 points. Only Ooh, because really? Kentucky has owned South Carolina the past, like, four or five years. Yeah. And, and, we, and we see how Stoops is when Stoops gets into a coach's mind. Didn't South Didn't South Carolina like dance in the in, or dance in the locker room after beating UK last year? Is it? I feel like I remember that happening. Didn't that happen last year? Like South Carolina upset Kentucky, and then like their coach um, was like dancing in the uh, dancing in the locker room after the game. I feel like I remember that happening. Do you remember that? I thought they beat Clemson last year, like the first time. Well, who knows? South Carolina, who cares? Yeah, <laughs> like because. Uh, I remember there was a whole lot of talk. There was a lot of talk back and forth. Yeah, yeah, it was because it, like UK was the big favorite. UK was number thirteen coming into that game, and you know there was like, there's no way Shane Beamer is going to find a way to beat Mark Stoops. And then uh, South Carolina ended up winning that game at UK, and Shane Beamer and the team were talking a bunch of smack and dancing in the UK locker room after the game was over. I, I I knew I remembered that happening. I just remember, you know, okay. there's a little bit of bad blood between uh, Beamer and, and Stoops. I don't think they necessarily like each other too much. So, you know, with, with that but backdrop, because, that's going to be interesting. But that's because, like, Kentucky just took the script that past couple of years, Kentucky has pretty much owned South Carolina. They right. Beat them, like, four or five years in a row. So, I mean, I get it. You know, anytime you, like, lose Kentucky – if you're an SEC school and you lose Kentucky, your job's in jeopardy. Yeah. Even at South Carolina, who for some reason are these grand delusions of grandeur like they ever want to compete for anything. <laughs> true. That's true. It South, is still South, South Carolina. South Carolina is the way more Every 10 years, they may be good. Maybe. Well, yeah. So that 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 game that may have to be the game, right? Like, I, I don't know if I I, I would pick UK um, versus Tennessee or Mississippi State or Alabama, definitely. So, I mean, that South Carolina game that's going to probably uh, be their best opportunity. Like, I know that they're at home versus Tennessee today, and I know there's a chance they could get it done. But to me, right now, with that schedule left remaining, that South Carolina game probably looms large as the big game. Uh, you know, if, if they're going to find a way to win it, it's going to be versus that one. But I tell you what, we're going to go ahead, hit our top of the hour break. When we come back, we got to talk a little basketball, Haven Harrington. I got to ask your thoughts on what's going on, uh, you know, with, with this uh, this Kenny Payne thing. He's been talking a lot this week. They had media day. So we're going to get into that and much, much more. But uh, you are listening to Wake Up 502. This is Rashawn Myers. That is Haven Harrington. And we'll be right back on the Big X. 
welcome back. Welcome back. Hour number two. It is going down. We are on that crazy train to a crazy matchup. Louisville versus uh, Duke. The Blue Devils and the Cardinals. It is going down here. Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I'm in a mood. Trevor Kelsey has, has impacted me. I, I, I done been in this kind of 80s, you know, uh, rock and roll mentality. Uh, I, I don't know, but it's got me hyped. Haven, I'm so ready. I used to love when they played that. They don't do crazy train at the stadium no more, Haven. I know, right? It's I used to, okay. Both DMX, it's Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They'll still do DMX every mm-hmm. once in a while, but they've got to retire. The crazy train of DMX, they used to be kind of the, you know, the go-tos. Now, now they kind of do the Joker and the Thief. They'll they'll do that a couple of times. <laughs> like, they love them some Joker and the Thief. And I tell you what, a guy that we got on the line with us right now absolutely loves Joker and the Thief. Every time they play it, he gets so hyped. Jay Has is on the line. Jay, how you doing this morning? Man, that joke of the thief ain't no joke. <laughs> I know you love it every yeah, time they play it. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna shake and bake in the in the press room. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, Jay. How you doing this morning, man? Man, I'm good. Man, I'm good. I was sick, you know, last week. Man, I was sick, but I'm good now, Doc. Glad to hear. It. Glad to hear it. Absolutely. So, all right, Jay. So you know, look, Louisville's got a big football game today. So you know, what what do you think? Are they gonna be able to take care of the business with Duke? It's great rain again, Deshaun, man. You don't have the last time with the rain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your boy threw all them interceptions, man. You know, I just hope he got his game together. I'm sure he does by now. I'm sure Brom, Coach Brom, got it together now. If he don't, got to get one of them nine players from quarterbacks off at bench. Yeah, well, hey, he done had two weeks to get him together. Jeff Brom, apparently, I was talking to Mike yesterday. I was on the Mike Rutherford show, and he said, coming yeah. off of a bye week, Jeff Brom is 6-4 and four as a head coach. Uh, or at least mm. yeah, 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 over his uh, his tenure. So he's pretty good coming off a of bye week. So, you know, you would think that, that Louisville's going to be all right today, hopefully. Man, you know, so, you know, you know what's so funny, Rashawn? You know, Louisville's playing on uh, a couple of days before Halloween. But but there's a lot of trick-or-treating going on this evening and tomorrow and the next couple of days. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. You know, this is my I, time of year. Know. My birthday coming up. I'm, I love Halloween. Yeah. I love dressing uh, up. I, 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 I ain't sitting in the back. I got a surprise for you for your birthday. Mama, you know, I got a surprise. You got to be quiet on your birthday. Uh-oh. You, you yeah. going to tell everything. <laughs> I, hey, I like the sound of that. <laughs> but, man, but my buddy, uh, my buddy named Tony, man, he got a store down there about where you live at, Rashawn, right? Yes, sir. And he's, and he's having a, a trick-or-treat. This weekend, Tuesday, and he's having a Halloween contest. I told him that you you probably will end up winning it. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, you know, you know and, I, got, uh, I got I got a little something something for him. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> hey, Tony, how you doing, man? Tony. No, I, well, I guess I got. I don't know what what happened to Tony. <laughs> I don't know, T- Tony. <laughs> I guess he got stage fright. He got stage. Well, you know, you can get on that big stick. You got, uh, you know, five million people listening to you right now. So, you know, sometimes people yeah, can't handle it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where he went at, man. He must get, I don't know. But anyway, Bashan, man, I got Louisville by, by 10 points. Okay. 10 points. Nice. I, I, I like that. I would take a 10-point win after what happened versus Pittsburgh. You can ooh, be the top ooh. 20 Duke team by 10 points. I'll take that all day, Jay. Yeah. So, yeah, hey, so, so Tony, hold on a second. This is Tony. Is, oh, I don't know what happened. Ah. Mr. Tony, how you doing, sir? Mr. Tony. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here. Yeah, I, I don't know some. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on this phone. I don't know. I don't know. Te- Te- technical. Te- technical. Te- I got about 10 points. Okay. 
And uh, hopefully that they do, they didn't just win bad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, they, they got to find a way to get it done. You got to find a way to get it done. Now, let me ask you, Jay, what about this, you know, yeah. Louisville basketball? They got their second, second uh, exhibition game. I went last weekend. I didn't really see much. I'm going to go again Monday night. And uh, Kentucky Western, I don't know if they have a bunch of, uh, uh, what's that dude, please play for Clay County. Richie Farmers. I <laughs> well, hey, I tell you what, they gave uh, Saint. They played a good St. Louis team last week. Well, Kentucky Wesleyan did, and St. Louis barely won that game. St. Louis ended up winning by ten points, but uh, it was a game mm. the, the whole time. So this mm. Kentucky Wesleyan team is pretty good. So I don't know, Sean. We, we, you know, we got to, you know, got to see, man. You know, <laughs> dealing with, with Kenny Payne and the cards, man. We just got to see. Yeah, yeah, we we, we go. Anyway, man, you got a you got a big shebang bank coming up, man, and um, oh yeah, a couple of guys are planning to take you out, man, and show you good time for your all what you do, man. Well, I can't wait. You know, this is this is my time. I love it. So Halloween is definitely going to be on, and you know, to took off for my birthday, so it's going to be a, a nice couple uh-huh. of days. I'm excited for it. Oh man, I can't wait to get my my Halloween suit. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win that thousand dollars suit. <laughs> I'm gonna win. Um, we ain't at all. I'm gonna win. Thank God. The boots and the and and the uniform. <laughs> well, there. there. Hey, uh, I text you. Uh, you, you know what times? Uh, I departure from from another station, right? Yes. Yes. Uh huh. Okay. Okay, okay, I'll call you. I'll text you. <laughs> but man, you—I mean, Rashawn, man, you—you you do what you do. With you, man, you one of the best, best things, and uh, you one of the top re- recruited things in the media and the radio game, man. I got to give it to you while you while you're still living, brother. I appreciate it, Jay. I appreciate it. Man, man, you, you cold, but sometimes you get a little crazy on me, though. But that's okay, <laughs> it's just going to be you. I'm passionate, Jay. I can't help it. I know, man. It's in your blood, man. Put it down your blood, man. I sung my song last night, Rashawn. You what? You sung your song last night at karaoke? Yeah, okay. man. Yeah, they had the costume. <laughs> they had the costume contest yesterday. It was going down. Y'all know I love my karaoke, and they they had the Halloween yeah. contest. It was awesome last night out there. More shenanigans. <laughs> we'll be back out at more <laughs> shenanigans in two weeks, uh, November tenth. Yeah, November tenth. Yeah, yeah. seven thirty right there. More shenanigans. Yeah, seven thirty, nine thirty. That's right. That's right. We'll be out there. So make sure you all come out. 4521, Barstown Road. Rashawn is always the best. FM 96.1 is always the best. All right. Hey, I appreciate it, Jay. Thanks. Yes, sir. All right. There we go. Jay checking in. I love it. Jay. Jay is crazy. Yeah, we were out, out doing the karaoke. They had the costume contest. I, I had my – I had the, the force was with me last night, Haven Harrington. I was out there. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I did the did the Star Wars this year, so I did a little Obi Wan Kenobi. You know what I'm saying? Had had, had the, the the hookup, so you know I feel like I probably did pretty well. I did not get to stay until the end to see the um to to find out who won, so I can't give anybody any shout outs. But more shenanigans, they always do a great job out there. Like we said, we'll be back out there 7:30 to 9:30 doing a live show. Uh, call that game day 502. Uh, coming up, so make sure you guys come out and uh, be a part of that. Haven Harrington, you ever do too much dressing up for Halloween? Oh, you know I do. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen you in a costume, Haven. That's why I ask. I you know, I, I, I'd love to see how, like, who, who would you want to dress up, or what's been your best costume? You know, I'm not sure if that's appropriate for radio or not. <laughs> oh, God. 
Islam was not bad. I went as bright Jesus one year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember that. <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> you know, and, and, and this year I got my uh, I got my captain's hat, my white uh, folding chairs. That's my costume for this year. Okay, very nice. Uh, did you see the people online that did like the roller coaster? That they were like a roller coaster. Did, did you did you, uh, did, you did you happen to check that out? That was pretty good. Like uh, they they had themselves like they were sitting in roller coaster chairs. So then they like raise their arms up and then go to the side and then the other side like they were on the roller coaster. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I love it, man. Halloween yeah, is like my favorite time of the year, man. It should be, man. It's your birthday, you know, you get to dress up. Get free candy? What's better than that? I'm telling you, absolutely. So, you know, something else that's scary has been this little basketball program. No, I'm not going to do that. That was kind of mean. But <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you're wrong for that. You're wrong. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. I've watched this team at the scrimmage. Yes. I watched them play against the, the vaulted Simmons Falcons. And, and let me tell you something. We got talent on this team. Yes. We got length on this team. Unbelievable. We got NBA-like length on this team. Yes. We have size almost every position on the floor. Evans is going to be a great rim protector. He's a great shot blocker. He can really affect the game. He can really affect the defense. Donald, what you're saying about Kenny Payne, you need to get on a Kenny Payne train before it leaves the station. I'm telling you right now, Rashawn, get on a Kenny Payne train before it leaves the station because it may not be back. And I hate to say that about my brother Kenny Payne, but once I love Kenny. He has given me some of my best interviews I've ever had. He's a great guy. I love to hang out with Kenny, to hang all that stuff. But I hate the fact that this his second year ever as a head coach Maybe a do or die a year for him, and I just I just hate that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, that's that's no doubt. And uh, I did get a uh, <laughs> I did get a text in. Somebody said, you know, talk about those NBA players taking on Georgetown College uh, before talking about U of L. <laughs> they they already know where I, knew where I was going. And yes, UK definitely struggled a little bit uh, versus Georgetown College. It was not a great. Uh, showing for UK in the first half, they were only up one point. But I will say, you know, one thing about Georgetown is that you know that they they are D two, uh, which is a lot better than Simmons. <laughs> like Simmons is. Did you know that D two like uh, Simmons is in the Division two of the National Christian Athletic Association? So like literally of the, uh, <laughs> they're not even the top level church league team. They're in the second division. <laughs> So, I mean, Georgetown College is a team, you know, that has, um, you know, a lot of tradition, uh, you know, that they're a team that, that has a history. Uh, but, no, that's the, even with that, UK should have taken care of business a lot sooner. They ended up getting the win 92-69, but it was not easy. They, they were only up 35-34 at the half. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that it's definitely early, and that's why I'm not holding UK – or, excuse me, Louisville um, – super responsible for what happened against Simmons. The biggest thing that I said, my biggest issue with what happened with Simmons was just the simple fact that, or excuse me, with Louisville versus Simmons was the fact that the same problems that Louisville had last year, the the bugaboo with the turnovers, having pretty much a one 
uh, assists for every two turnovers ratio and the fact that they gave up a ton of points in the paint to a very small Simmons team, those were the same bugaboos that Louisville had last year, giving up way too many easy baskets defensively, uh, leaving guys wide open for threes outside on the perimeter, uh, and the fact that they turned the ball over way too much. You know, those were kind of the primary bugaboos for Louisville last year, and those are the same things that happened versus a really, really bad team um, in Simmons. So, you know, I mean, I think that that was my biggest issue. That's why I'm going to be watching this game, Haven, honestly, very closely versus Kentucky Wesleyan. Like I said, Wesleyan seems to be a pretty good team. Uh, You know, uh, the uh, St. Louis Billikens are one of the better teams uh, in their league. They're they're expected to play for a conference championship. So you're talking about one of the better mid-major teams um, out there, and they gave, uh, you know, St. Louis all they wanted. So with that being said, Kentucky Wesleyan is going to be a markedly better team than what was Simmons. So, you know, that that's going to be the question is how much better is Louisville going to get? Because, you know, like I told Mike yesterday on his show, if Louisville plays the same, gives the same amount of effort, if they don't play any better than they did versus Simmons, they're going to be in a game versus Kentucky Wesleyan. And one thing you cannot do if you're Kenny Payne is lose two, to, uh, you know, lose the division two teams in back-to-back years. That cannot happen. That can't even, you know, that can't, that shouldn't even come close to happening. You know, now I will say, you know, with South Carolina, or excuse me, with St. Louis only winning by 10 points, um, if Louisville can find a way to win that game by, you know, 15, 20, then I think you, you have to give them credit for that, right? Like, I, I think if Louisville can come out there and get a 20-point win versus Wesleyan, I think that, that he should be commended for that, don't you? Oh, most definitely. And I think it is possible. I mean, there's a ton of talent on this team. A, a ton of talent. Uh, and I think it's possible, but, you know, for for, for Louisville to be successful, and just like Jack Plummer, they got to get the touch, the, the touch they got to get the turnovers to check. <laughs> and that's the Louisville's budget move, turnovers and back. Not, you know, stopping the advance of the ball that comes before it. Uh, that. Really not uh, the, the, the weak side help defense has just been atrocious last year against Simmons, but they can clean those things up. Which really, I mean, that things is really not hard to clean up, right? Because a lot of those turnovers is about focus, right? Uh, it's just like the offense running your offense and kind of slowing down and taking your time. Because the global teams like last year and this year, they tend to, for some reason, they tend to get in a hurry, want to rush. Right, and just want to just just drive at the basket willy nilly, get stuck underneath the rim, and then panic when they the ball. And it kind of slows down for a little bit. Trust the offense, trust what they're trying to do. I think it can greatly, you know, uh, cut down those turnovers. If they do that, they'll win a lot more games than they did last year. Okay, Grant, I know that's not saying much, but he can still win a lot more games than he did last year just by doing that. Yeah, Karan Davis stepped on the end line two, two two possessions in a row where he just basically stepped out of bounds. Like, Louisville had a really bad issue with that last year stepping on the end line. Like, I don't know how many times it happened, but Mike James did it about a billion times last year. Um, you know, several of the guys out on the wings kind of just stepping out of bounds before they drive the lane. Drove me crazy <laughs> last year. So, like, I agree with you. If you can just – I mean, that's the thing. It's like, let's try to get the – turn. I mean, you can't average 20-some-odd turnovers a game. You got to get that down to 12 to 15 turnovers a game. If they can do that, 
and actually take care of the basketball. I mean, you can't have two turnovers for every one assist. That is not a recipe for success. You won't win more than 10 or 12 games if you're coming out there doing that again this year. I mean, even with the upgrade in talent, I just don't think you're going to be able to consistently be successful if you're turning the ball over that much. So that's going to be what I'm going to be watching for uh, when Louisville comes out there on Monday night is, you know, let's see what they do with the turnovers. Let's see what happens, uh, you know, with, with those types of things, um, you know, and, and we'll see what happens. Texter also texts in and says, um, uh, Card's first turnovers were, were made by all of the freshmen. Um, I mean, you know, they're, they're playing uh, a lot of freshmen, but, you know, I mean, that that's the thing, right, is that Kenny Payne, is one, he decided he wanted to flip that roster. Like, we can't use the excuse of being young anymore. I appreciate the text, Kevin. Um, you know, we can't use that excuse because this is the era of college basketball that we're in now. Like, Kenny Payne keeps talking about, I'm trying to build a culture and this is going to be a rebuild that takes, you know, two, three, four years. You can't really build like that anymore because – you know, guys have the opportunity with the transfer portal to leave and go to other schools. So, I mean, you have to pretty much use every year as a one-year situation, don't you, Haven? Like, you can't really say we're going to build a foundation over a couple years because guys move around too much now, you know, with NIL opportunities, play, playing time opportunities. You know, you're not going to be able to kind of build over the long term. I don't think that's the way college athletics works anymore, do you? That's yes, not the way – no, it's not really cause not what it works. I mean, here's the thing: like Deion Sanders has shown you, you can if you can flip a football roster, 85 players in one year, you can flip a basketball team in one year, right? Yeah. I mean, the transfer portal, you can literally get one or two really good guys, three role players, and almost have a tournament team immediately. Literally, just immediately. It happened to LSU, and he lost everybody last year. Yeah. I mean, only guys that came back were two guys who sat into the bench, you know, for, for academic purposes. And you know, and you completely you get the transfer portal, and you completely flip the script. You get a whole bunch of new guys, and there you go. I mean, especially with basketball, because with basketball, it really only takes one, two really, really good players, and you can have something like one or two really good players, and you throw some role players around them. You got a pretty good team, and you can literally do that overnight thanks to transfer portal. So the days of two to three year bills and having guys in your program, red shirting them, bring them along slowly, those days are gone. Now you go yeah. out and you realize, you know what? I need a guard. Okay, what experienced guards are available that I can grab? Especially like what like what guards are maybe at a lower level, a mid major level. But like really, really ball out their minds. I can grab right now. Right. These guys have like all the experience I need, and I can grab like two of those guys right now, and have like instant offense or instant defense or or whatever you're missing. Absolutely. I mean, that, and that's what that's what the name of the game is. I mean, you have to be able to understand that these guys have the freedom and ability to move in and out. So you don't know who's going to be a part of your roster. I mean, just the, even the way Trenton Flowers left. I mean, kids have pro opportunities now. They can go over to the NBL. 
to play in Australia. They can go to OTE and play for Overtime Elite. They can go to the G League now and play for the G League Ignite. There's a lot of opportunities besides college as well as college that kids have the opportunity to make make moves. So you can't really trust in, you know, building guys over two and three years and seeing what they can be as juniors and doing all that type of stuff. That's just not – like I would be – I would not be surprised at all if Mike James left after this year. Mike James um, is going to have a very good season. I think he's going to be a lot better, and he's going to have opportunities to either, you know, take more NIL money and go somewhere else, go to transfer to a Kansas or a UK or a Duke or wherever, you know, or he could have the opportunity to go pro or he could have the opportunity to, you know, to, to make his hay somewhere else. Like, And I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying that that's even a talk or a conversation, but he has that opportunity to. And because he's not transferred previously, he can go anywhere and start. So who's to say if Louisville has another bad season that he can be like, you know what, I have this chance. I can go to Arkansas or I can go to Alabama. They want me, they like me, and I can go there and and make some money, you know, and and play for a better team. You know, I mean, so you can't really just trust in I'm going to build this over years. You have to understand that all these young men have all the power now to be able to make the, the choices that they do. So you can only worry about this year. Um, you know, I know the texture also brought up, he says, Cal brought up the struggles to the freshmen li- last night. Keep that same energy. Yeah, absolutely. UK's freshmen struggled, and UK played four freshmen in the game last night, which probably um, helped the game be close. But guess what? UK only had 12 turnovers last night. Even playing all those freshmen big minutes, they had 17 assists, only 12 turnovers, compared to Louisville having 22 turnovers and only 12 assists. That's a big difference. Okay, so even with all the young guys UK's playing, they're not turning the ball over at just ridiculous rates. Against worse competition. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the point, right? Yeah, and UK went to the tournament last year. And, you know, Cal has a history of his freshman start kind of shaky the beginning part of the year. And by the time they get to tournament play, they're much, much better. Like, uh, the championship team, T, looked horrible the first couple of games he played. Yeah. He looked horrible, like, the first third of the season. He looked like, he looked horrible. But then the end of the season, he got it together and looked like a really good guard. You know, it, it takes a while for freshmen. And we understand it takes a while. We understand these guys are going to struggle. But the problem is, when you have, when you win only four games, and you have what is literally the worst outing of a Power Five school ever. It just, you know, it just makes your timeline that much shorter, and people just don't have the patience for you because you just won four games last year. Yeah, I mean, you, that... just, you can't you can't win four games at the University of Louisville. Not at all. No, I, I totally agree with you. You can't do that and, you know, expect for people to, to be happy with it. You can't turn the ball over 22 times versus Simmons, period, point blank. At the end of the day, you cannot do that. Uh, Louisville did that. So that's why everybody's going to be paying attention to what happens on Monday night. Uh, but I tell you what, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take our next break. When we come back, we, of course, are going to have Leanne Herring come along and giving her picks and her thoughts on college football and recruiting and everything else. You are listening to Wake Up 502. This is Rashawn Myers and Haven Harrington. We'll be back on the Big X.
boy, get you hyped, don't it, hey? Hey, it's about to go down. Welcome back in. Welcome back in. Wake up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harris to take care. I'm telling you, every time I hear it, Haven, that's all I can do is get hyped, dog. Every time I hear that come on, the fans go crazy. You know what I'm saying? LNN is is, is going, is jumping. Everybody's hyped. This is going to be the first time back, uh, you know, since the big win over Notre Dame. I'm excited, Haven Harrison. Are you? I am excited, but I'm about to turn the page back to our, 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 our great texter there who was like, we need to hold that same energy for Kentucky that we're doing for, for Kenny right now <laughs> with their struggles against Georgetown. <laughs> I just want to say this. Yes. We all know how crazy Kentucky fans are, right? Absolutely. It has been duly noted. They're just a, a one step away from West Virginia fans. Maybe one cousin removed. <laughs> what would UK fans do if Calipari had only won four games last year? That's fair. That is fair. How much leeway would Kentucky have? Because like they wanted to fire Cal like what last year and the year before last so it's about firing Cal and he still made the tournament? No, I mean, I mean, that, that, no, absolutely. I mean, that, they were they ran off Billy Clyde. At, Billy Clyde Gillespie was the coach of the year in the SEC his first year at UK. The second year, UK got off to that terrible start, had that bad season, and Billy Clyde was no longer the coach of UK. <laughs> so they don't suffer a lot of issues, and and I agree with you. If, if UK had only won four games last year, they would have been ready to run Kenny Payne off on a rail. <laughs> and my thing is like. If you're going to talk about your program as one of the top seven college basketball programs of all time, right? And that's what that's what we do as real real fans. We talk about this program as one of the top seven college basketball programs of all time. So if, if that's going to be the case, then you know, like, what would the other top six programs do if they won four games? Yeah. Even with the first-year coach. The second year, where he would be on a hot seat. Yeah. I mean, no, that's fair. I mean, that, that's completely fair. I totally agree with you. And, uh, you know, I, 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 it'll be like anybody who said, like, like all those U.K. people that were, you know, saying that, you know, Louisville fans were unfair <clears throat> to Kenny and that, you know, all that this is just part of it and, oh, look at how bad things were and all that stuff. Yeah, there was no excuse for that. And, you know, they would not be putting up. If that was the team in blue and white that was out there doing that, they would definitely be, if not as, you know, this kept the same energy as Louisville. Probably would have been worse, in my personal opinion. You know, like. It would have been a lot worse. They got rid of Tubby Smith, and Tubby Smith was literally winning games. I, well, I know Tubby Smith left off his own accord, but they were definitely not happy, and Tubby basically got tired of putting up with it and decided to leave. So, you know, let's let's just. You know, it's easy to sit from the other side of the street and, and, you know, have a lot to say. But, you know, anybody who thinks that for whatever reason that I want to see, um, you know, Kenny Payne fail or, or I don't I, I have a personal investment in, you know, not wanting those folks to be around is completely false. I'm just giving you the information based on what I see with my own two eyes. I, I've been doing this long enough that I think I know what 
is and what ain't for the most part. Um, and, and it was just, it just wasn't good enough, period. Yeah, we've said this a bazillion times, but like, we want Kenny Payne to succeed. We want him to do well, right? We want Kenny Payne to win because we've said before, we like Kenny Payne. We've hung out with Kenny Payne. Yes. He's a great dude. We want Kenny Payne to do well. We want Kenny Payne to succeed. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, one of the number one reasons I want Kenny Payne to succeed and do well is because he's a black man. He's a black coach. Yes. And we know how it is for black coaches, right? If one fails, then they tend to think, you know, that we're not going to hire a black coach for a while because, uh, you know, Kenny didn't work out. No. Right. No, no. You know, we want Kenny to do well for a plethora of reasons. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, absolutely. But like I said, when, when you have a coach that – as I said, in a year and a half of interviews, I have never in any interview, whether it be with uh, assembled media or with Bobby Valvano after games when coaches asking questions, I have never heard Kenny Payne talk strategy. Not once. All I ever hear him talk is he gives the same type of interview, every interview, as if it's like the introductory opening press conference. When you're talking about, I want guys to represent the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. I want all these guys to get along. I want them to feel good about one another. I want to feel good about the program. I want them being confident, feeling good in themselves. That's stuff that coaches say when they come in the door as kind of that rah-rah press conference to get people excited. But then once the introductory press conference is over. You usually don't hear that anymore. You hear hard and fast X's and O's strategies, you know, uh, viewpoints from both your team and the other team on what, what teams were doing well, what they weren't doing, what you were asking from the guys, what you liked that they did, what you didn't like that they did. I have not heard Kenny Payne in any setting talk strategy in any interview. And it's been a year and a half. You know, and that's my biggest issue, right, is that, like, I don't hear any discussion of X's and O's. I never have. And when you have a team that you watched play, you know, 32, 33, 34 games, and now a game this year, and I still can't figure out what the game plan is offensively or the game plan is defensively, that's the problem. So don't act like I'm the problem because I, you know, I have – critical thoughts because it looks like a team that doesn't know what they want to do. And when I've had a coach that has been in, you know, 30 or 40, you know, press conferences and discussions, and I still have not heard him once talk strategy, that's a problem to me. And and it's going to be critical of a team that their defense literally got worse as the season went on. Yeah. Last year. And once again, you won only for – you can tell me all day long it was the players' fault that we only won for a game. You know, like the guys weren't any good. They were they were malcontent, discontented guys. You know, they didn't play hard or what have you. Okay, but you should still win more than four games at the University of Louisville. Absolutely. If you're going to be a top-seven program – that is inexcusable at any level. Because trust me, you would, if the University of Miami football team only won four games, coach is gone. Alabama's next coach after Saban wins four games, out of here. Heck, LSU fired a coach two years after the national championship because he couldn't beat his rival, Alabama. 
and look at Odron go. So, yes, does Kenny Payne deserve this year the proof that he's the guy? Yes, he does. And he, he, he needs this year. But like I say, he's on a hot seat. And I hate the fact that he's on a hot seat. I hate the fact that in only his second year he has all this extra pressure of winning the games, of having to win games. Uh, you know, a lot of guys, even a lot of fans, not just us. A lot of other media guys, other fans are saying, hey, you know, you've got to go to tournament like this year. You have a team with enough talent to make it to the tournament, we got to make it to the tournament. And I don't think that is too lofty of an expectation for a story program. Not at all. Not at all. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think it's one of those things, um, you know, that uh, you, you, that Louisville, that there's an expectation. This is one of the, you know, the, the top ten programs all time. And, you know, like I said, that those conversations um, that, 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 you know, I've had about this team and I've had about my thoughts were just coming from a place of my experience, you know, covering basketball over the last 20 some odd years. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. So people that want to sit on the sidelines and kind of pick up basketball when they want to and, and you know, decide yay or nay, I, I may or my, may not watch Louisville. I mean, I'm very in-depth with what I do with basketball and football for that matter. Like the X's and O's, the strategies of the game, those types of things, um, you know, are, are I pay attention to. You know, and it's one of those things where when you see things that are kind of odd and kind of weird, those are things that, that are going to be brought up. And I don't think there's any issue with that. Like that, this is the same analysis, the same conversation that I've been having for as long as I've been covering sports in Louisville. I've been doing it since 03. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I'm not doing anything anymore, any worse. And if any other coach was doing the exact same things Kenny was doing, I would have the same questions. You know, so I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, it's funny that you brought this back up because see, I wasn't even gonna get get into that. I was, I was gonna move on. I played my little joke. I was about to get fully into football. Hey, Harrison, you got me over here <laughs> getting on this foolishness without, about basketball. Without a Kenny Payne mopping and tackling me to the youth, I brought it up. Yeah, <laughs> so I did just call it. Oh, oh, and, and a but, pe- but, but, hey. But, but back to football, right? There's a big game. Will has a chance to get another top 25 win. I believe, I mean, at home, this has been a completely different team when they're playing at home. So I'm excited to see what kind of wrinkles they put in. Uh, Jeff Brown has an excellent, excellent record after the bye week. Uh, you know, and I think this team probably has the identity, right? We're like the Ravens. When he won a Super Bowl with Trenton Dilfer, the defense isn't at, at that level, it's not even close. But the defense is good enough, especially the ACC. We got enough weapons on offense that we can keep, you know, Jack's throws to like 17, around 17, 20 throws a game. I think this team is is, is it could be really good and still have a, a special season. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Well, I, you know what? Let's go ahead 
and uh, and and get in uh, to our our picks. I you know I guess Leanne got caught up. She hasn't uh, given us the call in yet, uh, which is fine. No, actually, you know what? I, I just I just got a text with Leanne. She's gonna call in about four minutes. She's uh, the spotted area in Texas. Ah, okay, so, yeah. Uh, I, know, I, I was gonna say I didn't know she was in transit. Uh, but uh, but you know uh, definitely uh, want want to. Um, I want to add that if we can get her on for at least a couple minutes, I know we uh, got about yeah, about about fifteen fourteen minutes left in the show. Uh, but yeah, if we if we can get her in here at least to give us her thoughts on on a couple of these games. But no, I I I, I will say this: I got one other text that says um, uh, Cal doesn't talk strategy. Um, first of all, Cal, John Calipari has a national championship. John Calipari has been a successful coach in college basketball. For years, he's a he's in the Hall of Fame. John Calipari doesn't have anything to prove. Okay, the difference between John Calipari and Kenny Payne. Kenny Payne has never won anything as a head coach. Okay, so understand that that, that there's a huge difference, in, you know, in, in those two guys. So please don't compare Kenny Payne to, to to John Calipari. Yes, Kenny Payne was on the staff with John Calipari. But guess whose name was not on there and, and been credited with a single win at UK? That would be Kenny Payne. So, yeah, John Calipari, how much strategy he talks during uh, breakout sessions, this, that, and the other, yeah, he may, he doesn't do as much. He does do it some. But, you know, he, he may not talk a ton. But, I mean, I think there's a big difference, Haven. I don't think Cal has much to prove compared to Kenny, do you? But, but, but Cal's done it. You know, he won at UMass, which is almost impossible to win at took a team to the final four. He did it at Memphis. He did it at Kentucky. So, I mean, he has he has a track record. And that buys you. You know, once again, this is one of the things we talk about, right? You know, having that track record buys you time when you have bad seasons. So you can have a bad season here and there if you have that track record. I mean, but Calipari, uh, but Calipari's bad seasons, yeah. they're still in the tournament, though, right? Like, that's the difference. UK's still making tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, it's just like this, you know, and I say this all the time about when Rick Pitino got to UofL, you know, he had a he had a good couple first seasons. You know, he turned things around from, from Denny. Uh, you got Tyquan Dean, and, you know, they made that great run. And then after that, I personally think Rick was on cruise control. He made the tournament every year, yes, but, you know, he was on cruise control. That, that, that fire, I think, the win national championship, wasn't there for about four or five years until Calipari shows up at Kentucky. Then Rick decided, hey, he does, I, I got to turn it on. Yeah. Uh, but even then, even Rick and cruise control was still going to the tournament every year. And he had won a national championship, right? He had arguably, if not the greatest college basketball team of all time, he had the second greatest college basketball team of all time. Uh, when, when he was at Kentucky, so you know he had that proven track record. Yes, yeah, so it's Kenny a, is his first time being head coach. Yeah, please, he, I, like yeah, I, I, I never com- never compare a Hall of Fame coach to a dude that just has his first job and he won four games last year. Just please, just stop it. But I tell you what, Haven, guess who's on the line? Uh-oh. You know who's uh, you know whose music is this is. A little late, but still always on time. Leanne Herring. Leanne, how are you doing this morning, ma'am? 
Doing good, doing good. Thanks for having me on. This Texas weather decided that it was going to rain today, but it, of course, like I say, it's not game day unless I'm on the air doing our picks, talking a little bit. I know we don't have a lot of time, so absolutely, let's, let's jump. It. Yeah, jump, let's jump right into it, Leanne. All right, so we're we're gonna go with the the ones that everybody loves first, just to you know make sure that the locals get taken care of. We got UK at home. They got to win, Leanne. I, like I told Haven, uh, this, I don't know if this is a must-win at home versus Tennessee, but um, it's getting close. Uh, Tennessee is a four-point favorite. UK is getting four points at home. Have the over-under uh, on the, the Vegas Sportsbook at 51 right now. What are you thinking with this one? Uh, can the Cats get it together and find a way to get a win? You hit the nail on the head, Rashawn. This is going to be this is a must-win uh, you know, must situation for the Cats. Uh, a big game at home. A much-needed uh, uh, rest week. They're coming off a of bye week after that ugly loss, you know, down in Mizzou. So, you know, this is going to be a heater. When you look at Tennessee, when you look at UK, you know, on paper, they're almost mirror images of each other. So the same strengths, the same weaknesses, it's going to play out tonight. You know, I know we don't have a lot of time. I think UK is rested. I think Tennessee is going to come in. They're going to give them a run. You know, Joe Milton has been having a heck of a year. He's had his ups and downs, but Tennessee has found a way to always win. You know what? I like UK in this one. I like UK to cover in this one, but Tennessee is going to give them a run. I think. I think the fact that the Cats are coming off a much needed, uh, you know, bye week is going to be a game changer. I think it's going to be deck and neck. Tennessee's top might even come out and have the lead, and might even have the edge. But I think UK gets it done at home today. There we go. There we go. Haven, what are you thinking? UK getting four points at home. Man. UK's at home against their quote-unquote true rival in Tennessee. <laughs> uh, Tennessee feels bad after choking a game away against Alabama. UK feels bad after choking a game away against Missouri. You guys got to figure it out. I'm going to go with Leanne on this one. There we go. There we go. They're both taking UK. Well, I tell you what, I'm not taking UK. I believe that, that they have been found out. I feel that Tennessee is going to load the box. They're going to slow down Ray Davis. And if UK's defense can't get them 14 points, I don't think they'll be able to score enough to win. Give me Tennessee. I will lay those four points. I think the Vols get it done by at least 7 to 10 points. I was very impressed with how they did in the first half against Alabama. Don't know what happened in the second half, but I just think that the Wildcats are in a bit of a tailspin right now. So give me Tennessee in that one. All right, uh, Leanne, let me go ahead and we'll go. You know what? Let's go ahead and get the Louisville game out of the way. UofL at home, 3.30 ESPN. Of course, uh, they are a six-point favorite. A lot of questions on if Riley Leonard will play in the game. Um, so we don't know if he's going to be available. UofL needs to get back on their winning ways if they want to have a chance to play for an ACC championship. What are you thinking in this one? Man, this is going to, you know, you can say what you want about Duke, but Duke, is, you know, whether they're good or questioned, but their ranks are coming up here. This is going to be another one, another big matchup. Louisville has another, you know, big stage this weekend. Like you said, they're right now, I think, number two in the ACC, right behind FSU and then UNC lurking. So this is another big game for Louisville. They have a lot to prove. I like, I like, Duke, I like Duke in this one. I like Duke to come on strong. I think that they might even come in a little bit. But like you said, the quarterback situation is questionable. Mm-hmm. Louisville has just been playing on mark. So give me Louisville on the points. I like for them to handle six. I think that, you know, with, like I said, the question situation for Duke going in on offense, as much momentum as they have, I think Louisville's just coming back. They know what they're playing for. I like the way they've been playing, especially on defense. Defense is going to be the game changer on this one. So I'm going to take Louisville at home, you know, because there's a lot on the line here. And I think Jeff Brom has proven in and out that uh, each week that uh, he's got the team to do it. 
I like it. I like it. Haven Harrington, what are you thinking? Louisville minus six at home. I'm taking Louisville the points. I think uh, Leonard's going to try to go, but I'm not sure how effective it's going to be, especially with the with the weather turning nasty. I think Louisville's defense is going to get it done. I think the running attack is going to get it done. Louisville plays differently at home. Louisville the points. I like it, I, and I'll agree with you. I said it with Mike yesterday. I just think that Louisville is going to do what they did not do last week. I think they're going to run the ball, or two weeks ago, I think they're going to run the ball. They're going to punt the ball when they need to punt it. They're going to play the field position game, and I just don't think that that Duke offense is going to be able to generate enough points with Leonard being slowed or even out today to be able to keep up. Give me the cards, 28-17. I think they get it done behind a, a very good running attack. I don't know if it'll be Jawar Jordan or Maurice Turner, Isaac Garendo, but I think Louisville's going to get it done. Jack Plummer's going to take care of the football. He's probably not going to throw it for more than 150 to 200 yards, but I think that'll be plenty enough for the cards to get it done. Give me the cards in that one. Uh, Leanne, one I want to definitely find out about, they were on bye week last week, the fighting prime times of Deion, of the uh, Colorado Buffaloes and Deion Sanders going on the road at number 23, UCLA. UCLA is a 15-point favorite in this one. Um, does Colorado get back on the winning ways? Is there any way for them to come out there and find a way to get back on the right side of the win column? You know, like you said, it's been a toss up to Colorado. Of course, starting the season, a lot of momentum. Prime time, you know, showing. You got, you know, his son out there, quarterback, and just doing some amazing things before losing, you know, Travis Hunter. But I think this is a week that Colorado rebounds. I believe the game is they sold out another game against UCLA. So like I said, it's going to be a mixed bat- matchup. I like that point. So I'm going to take Colorado. I think Colorado covers. I think they're going to get back on track. It may not be pretty. It may not be nice. But I think they're, they're going to have the opportunity uh, to get back on track. So I like them. I like Colorado on this one. There we go. Uh, Haven Harrington, what do you think? UCLA, UCLA uh, get a 15-point favor. So Colorado's getting 15 points on the road. What do you think? You know, when Dion took over, he said that he was about seven or eight dudes short of being where he wanted to be. And I, I completely believe it. I completely believe it, and I completely uh, uh, agree, right? And what, and what he's missing is what's cost these past couple of games. He doesn't have the big uglies in the trenches to really, uh, to really make this thing happen. I'm taking UCLA in a point. There we go. Hey, you know what? I, I'm going to – that 15-point number, that's a lot of points. I think that Colorado keeps it close. I don't think Colorado will win, but 15 points is a lot. Um, that You know, Colorado can score, um, you know, and, and they've, they've been able to keep it close. They gave UCLA uh, or USC a, a lot. You know, they, they, give them, they gave them about as much as they wanted to handle. Um, I think UCLA gets the win, but I do think Colorado keeps it inside 15, so I will take Colorado – and those 15 points. One more quick one before I let you get a couple quick picks to end the, end the show. Um, the Georgia Tech uh, Yellow Jackets at home. North Carolina trying to come back after a horrible loss to Virginia last week. North Carolina's an 11.5-point favorite. Leanne, what do you think about this one? Is that, is that a trap? Because I'm liking Georgia Tech a lot with, you know, 11.5 points. I, I'm right there with you. I like Georgia Tech. I think this is going to have to be another win situation for North Carolina. They're 6-1, I think, 3-1 and one on the season. Uh, sitting number three, so like I said, it's a big weekend in the ACC as far as yes. you know. You at you know North Carolina, Louisville playing for that second spot, hoping that Florida State's going to fall between uh, you know the, and then both of these teams going out. So it's a battle. I think I, that's a lot of points, but I, but I like Georgia Tech on this one. I just think that Georgia Tech 
gets gritty. They may not always uh, put their best foot forward, but I think in a game like this, especially against UNC, I think I think North Carolina is going to come out with the win, but that's a lot of points. So I'm going to I like Georgia Tech to cover on this one, but I think you see you uh, you know North Carolina Tar Heels, Mac Brown's going to do that that Mac that Mac magic, and I think they <laughs> they come out the winner on this one. But I like Georgia Tech on the points on this one. Yeah, I, I'm liking Georgia Tech in the points. Give me them 11 and a half points. Haven, what do you think? You think Georgia Tech will keep it inside 11? What do you think? I'm gonna go with George Tech. I'm I'm gonna agree with you guys on this one. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of points, especially after I just watched UNC lose to a terrible Virginia team. All right, Leanne, we got about a about about a minute, but you got any other games that you want to just shout out real quick before we get you on out of here? You know, I don't know if y'all talked about, but number one, Georgia on the road of Florida, biggest rat. Oh yeah, cocktail in party. The rivalry in the South, the cocktail party, playing down fourteen points. What I have it, I think Georgia defense ultimately is going to come out on this one. Even with Brock Bowers, Carson Beck's a heck of a quarterback. But Napier, even though they haven't always done things right, there's some things that click. I think it's going to be a close one. But I'm going to take Florida to, to cover for those four teams. I think Georgia's going to keep rolling on undefeated on the road. I also like uh, that or, number eight, Oregon at Utah. I like Utah um, at home for six and a half. And then I think I'm going to go with uh, uh, NC State against Clemson at home for nine and a half. So those are kind of my lock picks. And then bonus pick, I'm going to go with Houston again. Houston's coming back on the road against K-State for 17 and a half points. There we go. There we go. Well, Leanne, definitely appreciate it. Haven Harrington, I appreciate you guys as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We are going to get out of here, and we're going to jam out to a little Joker and a Thief. Thanks, you guys. This is Wake Up 502, and we'll be back next week on The Big X, 96.1 and 1450.